Hey, and welcome back to the Dropship Podcast. John here with a solo show. No Ben today, just me. And today I'm sharing with you something I did a few weeks ago. We're doing a website teardown today. So we haven't done one of these on the Dropship Podcast for some time, probably months and months actually. But I'm doing this one today, but we'll probably also have a few more coming up for you over the coming months. Now, I do these in one of our Facebook groups. So I do them live, a video thing. People come along, they interact, they can ask questions, etc., etc. But we can also share them with you here because they are, of course, recorded. And that's what we have today. So a website teardown sounds a bit like a negative term, but it's not really a negative thing. A website teardown is basically where I go through somebody's live business, their website, what they're doing there, and I give my thoughts, my feedback on it, what I think is working well, what I think is working not so well, where their opportunities might be. Uh, in the one, hope that they're going to learn from that, but obviously that anybody who's watching can learn from it. So, if you're somebody who is in the process of building a business, thinking of starting one, or maybe you've already got one up and running and you know, trying to grow it, this can be a really hugely instructive thing for you to watch. Because while I am looking at somebody else's business in probably a different niche, selling different products with different customers to you, pretty much most of what I talk about, you can adapt to suit your own circumstances because it's still high ticket drop shipping. And in fact, even if you're running any other type of e-commerce business, there's going to be a ton of stuff in here that you can adapt once again to your circumstances and kind of look at your own practices and your own website and say, am I doing some of the same things? Could I make some of the same improvements? Am I doing some of the same things really well already? And give myself a pat on the back. So, that's what we're doing. Before I dive into it, of course, big thank you to Joe, one of our uh, Dropship Breakthrough members for volunteering his site for us all to uh, to have a look at. So his site is Sports Savvy. Uh, if you're following, listening to audio and you want to go and have a look at the site while I'm talking, sportssavvy.com.au. The link will be in the show notes. This is a video episode of the Dropship Podcast, of course, though. So if you are on Spotify and you're not driving or doing something like that, you can watch the video here on Spotify or... You can jump over onto our YouTube channel. Just jump onto YouTube and search Dropship Breakthrough. You'll find our channel. The video of this episode will also be on there. So it's a screen share episode where while I'm going through the website and pointing things out, it's actually being screen recorded. So you can just watch along with the video and you're going to see everything I'm talking about there. So without further ado, let's dive into the website teardown. And so today we're doing a website teardown. So... It's a bit of a negative name, I guess, but essentially what I'm going to be doing here is looking at somebody's website and, you know, just sharing my thoughts on uh, what they're doing, what they could improve, what they're doing well. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what a website teardown is, at least at least from our perspective. It's not uh, not necessarily some big thing I'm going to be here insulting people or anything like that, but um, that's what we're doing. So a big thank you. One of our members from the Dropship Breakthrough Program, Joe, volunteered his uh, site for this. Um, I think he was just keen to get some feedback on his site and, and put his hand up for this. So I appreciate that very much. If you are listening in uh, or watching this at any point, either live or, or a recording later, uh, and you want us to do the same for your website, if you've got a, a dropshipping business that you'd love us to take a look at, or even if it's some other element of your business you'd like us to look at, whether it may be some element of your marketing or your ads or something like that, um, I'm always happy to do these sort of things for anybody. So, I mean, if, you've, if, you've, if you'd like to volunteer yourself, just send me a message 
or send an email to support at dropshipbreakthrough.com um, and uh, more than happy to, you know, schedule in your stuff at some point in the future if that's what you're up for. But thank you to Joe. I don't even know if Joe's going to be watching this, but uh, if you are, Joe, hello. Um, and uh, I'm sure I'll be in touch afterwards. So, um, yeah, we're going to pop it up on the screen in a moment. I'm going to screen share the site as I talk through it. It's important to say a couple of comments before we dive into it, though. Of course, we're going to be looking at somebody's site. So I don't like have any real insight into the into the behind the scenes working of this business. Uh, I haven't spoken to Joe personally in a little while, so I'm not really sure 100% where it's at sales-wise or anything like that. So literally, I'm looking at the website um, and there's a couple of other things that probably comment on like SEO and that sort of stuff. But it's important to say that the website is just a small part of a high-ticket dropshipping business. So you can't look at somebody's website and you know, make any judgment about how successful they are or aren't at any point in time. Your website is not the primary driving factor of your business success with high-ticket dropshipping, which probably kind of runs a bit contrary to what some people may believe, particularly if you're just starting out, um, you know, and, and you're a bit on the outside of the whole thing. It's it's easy to make the assumption that, oh, you've got to have this fantastic website and da 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 da, da and that's what's going to make, make or break your business. And it's actually, at least for high-ticket dropshipping, it's really not. There are far more important things like your traffic, like your customer service, uh, like the mix of products you have or don't have on your site, the competition in the market you've selected. All of these sort of things actually play a much larger role in whether your business or not is successful together than just simply what does or doesn't your website look like. Now, don't get me wrong, website, yes, still has a role to play and it's got to you know do certain things and be up to a certain standard, but it's by no means the primary factor. So in this instance, we're just looking at the website and you know, obviously I'll have some comments about the products that are on there and the market and, and all of that sort of thing. But just bear in mind, once again, that I'm not doing a teardown on you know, how the rest of the business is run or anything like that. So that's that's not the purpose of this live. And there's not really a an easy way to do that. It's actually, somebody asked me the other day, they were like, why don't you run a service where you just audit people's businesses for them and tell them, tell them what they can do to improve? And it's kind of like, that's a really, really complex and in-depth process. And yes, we can do that, but it takes a lot of time actually. So it's not really the sort of thing you can do on a training like this, like analyze a whole business because there are so many different parts um, that interact together and come into play to do that actual justice. So without further ado, let's jump in. As we go as well, look, I don't know exactly how long this is going to take. Uh, we've got an hour here. Uh, I'm going to dive through it. Um, but please, if you have questions as we go uh, or any comments or anything you'd like to share, and hello to everybody who said hello. Good to see you all. Uh, just leave a comment um, on the post. And I, will, if I've got some time at the end, I'll, I'll jump back and answer some of those questions or I'll answer some of those questions later, like after I'll type up a, a written reply um, to, your, um, to your question if you have them as we go through. All right, so I'm going to share up my screen here. All right, so we're going to go across here. I'm just going to, hopefully you can see this now. You should be able to see this. So this is jo uh, Joe's website. It's called Sports Savvy. Uh, and as you can guess from a name like that, Joe is selling a range of different sport-related products. Now, it's important to say, and you can see Joe's little website up here. I mean, if, if you're in Australia and you want to buy any of these products, please 
go to Joe's website. This is an Australian website. Now, don't, if you're in the US or some other country and you're watching in, don't let that put you off. What I'm going to talk about here is absolutely applicable to any country uh, that you can do high ticket dropshipping in. And if it's not, I will make a note of that as we go. But by and large, 97% of this stuff is the same, regardless of where you're doing it. Um, once again, another little uh, misconception people have is that it's different in every country for some reason. It's not really. That's, you know, there's a few people out there that try to spin that kind of marketing lie, uh, particularly in the UK at the moment. There's some guys running that, that, oh, it's different in the UK, blah, blah, blah. It's not. Uh, anyway, so Joe's selling a range of sporting equipment. Um, we've got uh, looking here, we've got different sports equipments for different sports. We've got some sports recovery, some uh, sort of medical braces, first aid kits, first aid bags, some other accessories um, and, uh, <clears throat> and whatnot. So th this is, of course, a Shopify website uh, and it's built using the Superstore theme um, from Out of the Sandbox. Uh, probably the biggest theme developer for Shopify. Uh, and that's a theme that we give people as part of our program. We're partners with Out of the Sandbox. And so um, when you're in Dropship Breakthrough, you get this a copy of this theme um, as part of your membership. So, you know, if you're not in our in our in our one of our members and you're looking, you're wondering, you know, what this theme is, etc. That's what it is. And so, yeah, Joe's got a lot of brands. I can see he's, he's been hard at work getting brands on board. This is this is a list of brands that he's selling. I think a lot of them probably only have a few products, but um, definitely I can see that Joe's been quite active with, with getting brands onto his site. And that's a good thing, right? Um, in the beginning, uh, and it's probably fair to say, I don't remember exactly when Joe started this site, but this isn't a very old site. Like, so Joe's still in the process of building this business and growing it. It's not like it's been, it hasn't been online for years and years. So um, apologies, Joe, I can't remember exactly when you started, when you first launched it, but uh, I suspect it's less than 12 months old is my recollection. Um, if I need to correct that, I will. But um, yeah, so Joe's been pretty proactive getting brands and that's what you need to do in the beginning. Um, just as a general tip, uh, when we're talking about this stuff, when you when you build one of these businesses, you you know you go out and you do your first round of supply calls, and you call you have a list, you call a bunch of brands, you get some yeses, you get some noes, and then you're like, right, I've got five or six or seven brands, that's good enough to launch, which it is, and so you go and launch. The mistake that some people make is they launch, they start running traffic, and they get very focused on that, and they stop trying to add more brands to their site. Now, when you're high ticket dropshipping, you want to add as many brands for your chosen product categories that you have on your site as you can, right? So if you're saying, I'm going to sell soccer goals, you want to go out and try and get as many brands that manufacture or supply soccer goals as you can and put them on your site. Because for every product category, there's going to be some brands that sell better than others. There's going to be some products that sell better than others. And the way to find those, there's, there's literally no 100% guarantee to find those before you actually put them on your site and see what sells. So I think it looks like Joe's been very proactive there. Uh, got, a lot of, got a lot of brands on here and that's good to see. So the market itself, sports equipment. Now, this is probably the one area that I'm going to comment on where this might be a little bit different between a smaller country population-wise and market size like Australia and the US. So... In Australia, you're going to have a very, you've got a much smaller market. So often we will make a broader site, a broader niche, a broader market, if you like. And so 
If I was going to do this in the US, which is a much larger market, there's also a lot more competition and that sort of thing, I probably wouldn't have a website that is this broad. But in Australia, you would. Because for any of these product categories, there's just less suppliers. Um, there's less you know, potential customers. And so you tend to go a bit broader so that you can build a bigger business. There's also a bit less competition and that sort of thing. So this is entirely appropriate, I think, for Australia. But for the US, you would probably, if you were going to do this, and once again, I'm by no means saying that this is a viable market in the US, but you would probably niche down a bit around specific interests. So like you can see here really, um, you know, like if you were going to target people who play soccer or people who play golf or people who are into gymnastics um, or table type sports, right? You That would be your niche. And then you could still do like a range of recovery equipment, um, accessories, et cetera, for each of those, as well as the sports equipment. But you probably wouldn't do every sport under the sun because that would be a really big store. It would also be a really competitive space in the US. Um, and it would be harder for you to really hone in on your ideal customer. But for Australia, smaller market um, and you know, there's some other countries out there which are a bit of a smaller market. This would be an appropriate um, type of uh, type of approach. So that's all good. Now, homepage. We're on the homepage here, and so this is a pretty typical homepage. Joe's got it set up more or less in the way we suggest in the Dropship Breakthrough Program. You know, um, the homepage. You know, not as important as some people think it is, right? It's important for a couple of reasons. One, it's probably the page that if a supplier is going to look at your website, this is the first one they're going to look at. So when you're calling suppliers, having a homepage that looks professional, it's pretty clean, um, you know, that's that's a good thing for suppliers. For customers though, most no first-time customers should be landing on your homepage in the beginning, right? So a majority of your first impressions are going to be on your product pages or your collection pages but probably mostly your product pages. So that's actually where you want to be spending a majority of your optimization time in the beginning, right? Rather than your homepage, you shouldn't be driving traffic to your homepage. Um, later on, as your business gets older and older, you start to get more traffic to your homepage. Um, but once again, you know, it's, it's, it's by no means the most important place to spend your time early on. But there's a few things that you want to think about when with your homepage. So the things you want to think about with your homepage is one, it's like the home for your business. So when somebody lands there, particularly your ideal customer, you want them to quickly and subconsciously associate themselves with your business. So you want to be putting messages out there that this is a website for them based on whatever interest they have that you are trying to target with your products, the problems that they have that you are solving with your products right? So this being a bit of a broader store, that's a, actually a little trickier. You have to think about that a little bit more. If you were really focused in, say, on one of these things, like you had a single interest that you were serving. So let's say um, to pick one of these sports equipment categories, we were going with gymnastics, right? Um, when somebody lands on this site, everything that they see should be about gymnastics, the imagery, the copy, the text, you know, the logo, et cetera, should just scream to them. I'm a gymnast. I consider myself a gymnast. I practice gymnastics. And I see that as soon as I get here and I'm being sent messages that this is the place for me because that's going to stick people. 
as opposed to when they go to some bigger general type store where gymnastics products may be on sale, they're not going to get as direct a message about that because it's going to be all jumbled in with other things, right? This is one of your superpowers as a dropshipper is that your niche, you're really focused around uh, particular interests that people have rather than those big e-commerce behemoths, which tend to be more general stores. So you want to do that. And a lot of that, this is just about subconscious messaging to help people feel at home on your website, right? To make it feel to them like this is the place for me, right? Because if they can feel that and there's a little bit of emotion to that, people buy for emotional reasons, right? Um, they're more likely to stick around and, uh, and you know, continue their journey, their customer journey through your website to the point of purchase. Yeah, that's that's one of the things you want to think about. The other thing on the homepage that's always important to remember, and this is important to remember for all of the pages on your site, is that when you're a high-ticket dropshipper, as opposed to other types of e-commerce, you're a reseller. So this is really important. You're a reseller. So other people usually are selling the same products that you're selling. So all of these brands that Joe has on this site, there are going to be other people who are selling those brands on their website. There might not be many for some of them. It's possible there's not there's some of them in Australia particularly where maybe no other websites are selling them. That can actually still happen here. But generally speaking, there's going to be other websites out there that are marketing the exact same products, right, from the same brands. And so when the customer, when some customers land on the site, they're like, yeah, I want to buy a product from this site, you know, like if somebody comes here and they're like, yeah, I want to buy, you know, this particular veto uh, goal post thing um, that I've got right here. Now, if they, they might be coming from Google Shopping or from, from a search engine usually, or maybe some other type of marketplace where you're running ads or something like that. They're probably going to be seeing other options for them to buy the product from. Or if they're doing a bit of research, they might be doing some comparison shopping. And so one of the questions that's going to be in a lot of people's minds when they're considering buying from you is not just, is this the right product for me to buy, which is part of their consideration. And so your, your website obviously has to walk them through why it's the right product for them. Like what's great about the product? Why should people buy it, right? So it's happening on your product page, your product description and all of that sort of stuff. But they also need to get messages about why should they buy from you? Why should they be buying that product from your business and not buying that exact same product from somebody else's business? And so you don't want to leave it up to the customer to figure that out for themselves, right? Now, some people are going to be driven by price, but oftentimes you'll be selling at the exact same price as everybody else. So there's got to be other things in there. And this is what we typically term your offer, right? What are all the other factors that a customer might consider that might persuade them to purchase from your business rather than somebody else's, right? And so this is definitely a big thing for you to be thinking about as a high-ticket dropshipper. Um, once again, in the Dropship Breakthrough Program, we have an exercise in there um, in our module on conversion rate optimization where we walk you through how to map out your market or your niche and work out, like, what should you be saying on your website that will might put you ahead of your competition in your customers' minds or what should, could you be doing on your website? And so part of what you communicate on your homepage should be, yes, this is the place for you, the customer, we serve your interest, et cetera, et cetera. But also you want to be putting out that message about 
why should customers be shopping with you? What's special about your business? Your homepage is your business's home, right? This is this is the place for you. And so this is where you want to be talking about that stuff as well. You also should be talking about that stuff on your product page, right, as well. And we'll, we'll get to product pages here because that's where people are making that all-important first uh, impression often and they want that question to be answered quickly. So... Let's just break down the product page, the, the homepage really quickly. There's just a few things that I want to comment on here. You absolutely need to have phone numbers visible. Uh, Heidegger drops you in, you got to have a phone number visible, right? Uh, so this theme lets you put one up here. And I mean, the header, header-wise, you know, this is not a bad-looking header. You know, you've got different product categories in the main menu. It's all pretty straightforward. You've got some information about your company. Uh, he's also got this up here. And one of the reasons we make try and make this stuff very visible is... Um, because we use Google Shopping as our first traffic source generally for these businesses, and go getting your Google Shopping, uh, getting your Google Merchant Center account approved, and all of that sort of thing, you have to have pages, links to pages like your terms of service, your privacy policy, your contact us, your shipping. These have to be very easy to find on your website in the beginning if you want to get those sort of ads approved. And so we've got them in the menu here. Joe's put them up the top here. And if you scroll right down to the bottom, you can find them down the bottom as well. So you've got to have that. You've got to have a visible phone number. Um, and, uh, you know, the phone number has to match what you put in your merchant center and all of that sort of thing. So if you're somebody who might be struggling, you've got a suspended Google Merchant Center account, these are some of the things that you need to think about. So moving down out there, this, I mean, it's, it's a nice clean header, you know, Aside from that, not a lot matters. Uh, the 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 collections make sense. Moving down, so we got the we got this kind of homepage banner type thing with with the image. So, um, you know, historically we used to do slideshows on the homepage. And you think about going to websites and seeing slideshows. I actually dislike slideshows, and I don't use them, and I don't recommend people use them. And there's a couple of there's two reasons why I don't recommend people use them. The first one is that slideshows being animated add JavaScript to your page and they slow your site down. So they slow your page load time down to have a slideshow with like three or four slides of big images, blah, blah, blah. You can't lazy load a slideshow. So for that reason, it slows your site down. I don't like it. The second reason though is actually there was a big study done on slideshows which demonstrated, can't remember who did it. It was one of the um, website tracking tools like Hotjar or something like that. Um, and this was a few years ago, demonstrated that only something like 5% or less of homepage visitors saw the second slide in a slideshow or and, and it decreased to the third slide if you had three slides and so on and such forth. And an even tinier percentage of that 5% interacted with the slide, right? So that therefore means that given the fact they slow your site down and less than 5% of people look at the slides, there's no point having a slideshow right? It's literally not worth it. There's no benefit. It's kind of like slideshows, I suspect, kind of came about because web developers sold them with no basis for having them. It's kind of like breakfast. You know that message about breakfast being the most important meal of the day? Now, I hate to spark controversy here, but that was made up by a couple of guys from Kellogg's, right? To sell breakfast cereal. There is not actually any scientific basis for that. There wasn't at the time. There still isn't now, by the way. There's no scientific basis for having sliders on your website, so you shouldn't have them. It's really just a vanity project. What I prefer to use this space for is to represent what's great about, like what your business is about. So when somebody lands on this page, they get an instant connection with your with your um, 
with your business. So I suggest having a nice high-quality image here that represents what people do or what people use your products to do, right? So Joe's got an image here that's obviously of two sporty-looking people, you know, engaged ideally in some sort of exercise, um, and he's chosen that. I mean, there, there could be a ton of other images you could use here. It could be somebody playing sports, a particular sport or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But you want people to form a connection. So the image should ideally reflect your ideal customer that your business serves, right? So if you sell people, sell products primarily to people who are over the age of 50, don't have an image on your site of people who are over 20-year-old. It doesn't make any sense, right? So we have an image here and then you can put some text on it. Once again, that calls out to people. So I like the image. I don't like the text that Joe's got here. So this would be something I would change, right? I like to use this text area here if you're going to have it to succinctly explain how your business helps people in their niche. So this Joe's just put the name of the business here. That's superfluous. Um, you don't need that there. Um, that doesn't tell people anything. So I would change that to a outcome-driven headline, right? And once again, I would cut this text down massively to one, or one line about how your business helps people. So there's a challenge for you, Joe, whenever you watch this or listen to this. Um, I would definitely change that because to me, that doesn't really have any any real value. I mean, some of what you say in here is good, but that's too much text for this particular use case. So that bit there needs to change. The image could stay um, for sure, uh, but uh, I'd be moving on from there. So we're going to roll along here um, just so I don't blabber on for too long and we don't run out of time. Uh, the next thing down I do like, something the Superstore theme does is this um, uh, little benefits kind of thing. And so we use this to demonstrate um, our what we call our USP. So the reasons why somebody would buy from your business that I was explaining before. So straight up, they get a hit of why that this is the right place for them to be. The next thing they get a hit of is that why should people, to start people thinking about why should they buy from you? What's good about your business? Um, and so Joe's picked some things here, free shipping, out of our service, change your mind, return, something about the returns policy and price match. So that's that's good, right? And And you kind of want to pick sort of three to five things that you're going to repetitively say all over your website, the same three to five things. You're going to hammer people with it. They're going to see it everywhere about why people should buy from you. So Joe's picked his um, and ideally Joe's based that on what do his competitors say? So this is, this is why you go. So I mentioned we've got this exercise in dropship breakthrough. We take you through, what do your competitors say? Right. Uh, and you map it all out, and then you look at where are the gaps, where are the opportunities, what are what are the what are my competitors not talking about? Can I offer something in this space that's better than what they do, right? And so, Joe's picked these these things here, um, price match. So I'm not going to say whether or whether or not those are right or wrong. They could be super good, right? I mean, it's because the reality is. What you talk about as the reasons why people should buy from you just needs to be better than what your competition is talking about. It doesn't matter about the rest of the world. It doesn't matter about the rest of the e-commerce space. You're only competing usually, ideally, with if you're in Australia, less than 10 sites in the US, ideally, directly, less than 15 sites. So what you say here needs to be more attractive than just those websites, not every other site on the planet, 
It doesn't matter, right? So Joe's picked these, um, and that's good. I'd probably tweak these a little bit. So I'd probably tweak the copy a little bit. If you can, always, whenever you're talking about a benefit or a feature or something that is about what somebody's going to get, be direct about that they're going to get that. So like if you talk about having a price match guarantee, so price match guarantee, once again, this is not a, necessarily a bad thing to have, particularly in Australia, we don't have map pricing. So pricing can be a little bit all over the place, but you can use it with map pricing as well. And maybe we'll come back to this, but um, this just says price match guarantee on our products. I would probably change that to something more direct, like if you find a better price, we'll beat it, right? So it's more direct, uses the word you. You always want to remember you're talking to one person at a time. And it's more outcome focused, right? Once again, phone and this one out of our service, you know, that might be something that appeals to Joe's customers. Um, phone and email availability Monday through Sunday. I would probably change that to you can get in touch with us any day of the week. So once again, it's you can get in touch with us. There's an outcome any day of the week. This doesn't like display an actual outcome. So just think that in mind. Just and this relates to how you talk about your products as well. We'll get to this bit when I when we look at a product page. But always talk about you, as in you're talking to one person at a time, and always in like always imply the actual outcome for them, right? This this is just a general marketing thing, right? So you know, um, like yeah. Anyway, we'll come back to that. So moving along down the page, featured collections. You know, usually we'll put some featured collections up. You know, you might have, you can use these these sort of spaces however you like. You might have particular products you want to promote more than others, popular products, whatever. In the beginning, it doesn't really matter because you, you don't know yet exactly what is going to be the most popular or the things you want to sell the most maybe. So Joe's got some here, Joe's got some here, things that he wants to point people to. That's fine. No dramas. Um, I like to, once again, as people go down the page, just reiterate that people can get in touch with your business. Like, in the beginning, I think it's a really strong thing to do to as much as you can generate customer service. Now, once again, this might run contrary to some people's thoughts about what they want to do when they start, like why they want to start a high ticket drop, like a dropshipping business, an online business. I, I want to generate money without doing anything. You know, <laughs> we had a bit of a rant on the podcast recently about, you know, passive income, this whole thought about business and passive being in the same sentence, being absolute nonsense, right? If you're not prepared to serve people, you shouldn't be running a business. Like realistically, that's the reality, right? So if you can encourage people to get in touch with your business, it's a good thing for a number of reasons. One, you will learn about how to improve your business infinitely quicker if you're getting feedback from actual customers rather than guessing, right? So every time a customer calls you, in the beginning, early on, and even years down the track, you should be talking to them about how you can improve your business as well as providing the service they're looking for, right? Ask them a question. Are you considering buying this product from somebody else? Is there any reason you wouldn't buy from us today? Uh, is there something missing from our website? It, was there anything that you thought we could have the information that could have been there that wasn't there, right? Every single time, you're gonna if you do that with every customer that calls or emails or whatever, you're going to make improvements way quicker than if you talk to nobody. Secondly, it's just easier to close sales over the phone compared to on your website, right? So if somebody calls up, 
and you're, you're serving them, you can actually proactively turn that into a sale much easier than when somebody's just looking at you on the website and maybe has unanswered questions and you don't even know it, right? So getting people on the phone and offering them service is still amazingly in 2023 a benefit. I cannot count the amount of times I have had a customer or I've heard our students have had customers, even people who are making their first sale. And the, the, the thing they heard from the customer was, you were the first person that picked up the phone. It's, it, honestly, this blows my mind uh, in 2021, 2023, sorry, um, that there are still businesses out there that don't answer the phone when somebody calls it, like e-commerce businesses, right? Yeah, maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago, that was super common, but it's, it's still the case. Literally, providing great service in a lot of niches is still a massive selling point. Like it's still a point of difference. Just doing that can be a massive point of difference and part of your unique selling proposition still. So I like to put it on the on the homepage once again, some more imagery that relates to the interest, to the customer, and then talk about how people can get in touch with you. So I like this, obviously. I would say, Joe, if you can find ways to build some of these phone numbers this is probably going to go to the contact us page. But if you put a phone number on your page, if you can, and this is a little bit of code because Shopify themes don't do it by default, um, add a clicked call, like make phone numbers clickable. But on mobile, when somebody clicks it, it's going to open up their dialer and they can just call you, right? Um, good thing to do. Uh, more, so then we've just got a featured uh, collection of uh, products. That's fine. Uh, we've got another search bar down here. Um, and then we've got a reiteration of our, um, our USP from above, which is good. Repetition is good in marketing. So whatever you want people to know most about your business, you should repeat it. Um, people online have very short attention spans. and that, So they don't pay attention well, right? So if you want people to understand something about your business, you have to slap them in the face with it. You have to treat, honestly, you have to treat people like idiots, right? Now, I'm not saying that people are idiots uh, as a general rule. Um, I don't like to believe that. Uh, sometimes it's hard, but I don't like to. Um, but really, repetition is very important. So people need to see your messaging, the same messaging over and over again. It gets stuck in their mind. They remember it. They recall it. When they think about who do I want to buy from, if they've heard the same message from you over and over again and they're not hearing a message from anyone else, then your message is the one that's sticking in their mind, right? They'll recall things easier. So that's why we do that. Got some reviews. These things are all good. Like honestly, early on in the business, what appears here, it doesn't really matter. Honestly, I mean, at some point, Joe will probably start adding content to the site. He'll probably have some featured blog posts and some helpful content as well going in here. This is all fine. And then, of course, we've got the footer. Once again, the footer's fine. It's got the necessary links. You want to have all these links down here, as I mentioned, good for Google, um, good for keeping your accounts active. Um, you know, if you look at heat mapping software on uh, a site that has a lot of traffic, you will see that realistically, the amount of people who make it to look at the footer of your page is sort of 10 to 15%. So once again, this doesn't really drive anything to do with your business. It's not important uh, in, in the overall scheme of things. But what's here on the page is fine. It's all well and good. So 
We're going to move on from here. That's the home page. Let's dive over and look at, I'm just going to pick a random collection page and we're going to get into a collection page. So looking at collection pages here, this is just the standard collection page. So I don't think that um, Joe has done a lot of work here, but I would say um, that there's a couple of things that instantly jump out as potentially an issue here or, or a number of things that could be improved. So of course, we've got the, the standard sort of tile tiling effect on the theme here. So a couple of things that immediately jump off uh, for me, um, Joe's got the quick shop functionality added in here. Uh, I don't like that. Uh, once again, on Shopify, the quick shop functionality loads JavaScript usually. Um, which whether whether the customer uses it or not, it just loads when the page loads. So if you turn that off, you'll actually should speed up your page load time. And I think for me, once again, the trade-off is is worth it, right? So if somebody's buying a $3,000 goalpost, goal, whatever, whatever you want to call this, goal, soccer goal, they're not buying it off the quick shop. Maybe if they've seen it before and they've been on your site before, they might. But most people are going to want to see the full product page, read the product details, make sure they understand the shipping and delivery and all of that sort of thing. And they just can't make it off the quick shop. They can't make that decision based on just what they see here, right? So I would be, I turn that off. It's a theme setting in most themes, the quick shop. I always turn it off personally because I want people to go to the product page and get the full product page experience. I don't want people making the decision, should I buy, spend $3,000, which high ticket sale on no information? Like, I mean, it, it just doesn't really serve any purpose to me. So I would turn that off. Next thing we see here is that this the, the title of this collection should be soccer goals, but we see here the H1 on the page is sports equipment. Uh, so there's obviously something which is picked up from here, I would assume. There is a sports equipment collection, which um, has all of the sports equipment products in it. Once again, whether you want that or not uh, is in, in and of itself debatable. Um, what is the purpose of this page? But um, when we go to the soccer goals, Joe, we want to see the actual title of the collection here. So I'm not sure how that's, coming up like that, to be honest, um, but that definitely needs fixing. So your H1 needs to be the name of the collection. And if this is a page that you want to rank for SEO, it should reflect the keyword that you would be targeting with that page as, as much as possible. So um, that's, that's definitely an issue from an SEO perspective that needs to be fixed. Um, the URL for this page is also a little bit strange. It's picked up some of the filtering or something. So um, what happens if I knock that off? Still does it. So that's definitely a problem for you to look into Joe and fix that. Um, <clears throat> now, these pages, collection pages, by standard, they're, they're pretty straightforward, right? You're going to see the products. You've got your little grid of the products. That's all well and good. That's how it loads. Um, things to think about as you move on, of course, is that for oftentimes we want to rank collection pages for organic traffic, right? In search engines. And so to do that well, you're going to need to do more on these pages than just um, have the standard page like this, right? Usually, there 
are exceptions to that rule, particularly if you're in a very uncompetitive space for a very specific keyword usually, but you're going to need to make sure the title is on point. So once again, we've identified that issue here for some reason, and you're going to need some content on the page, right? So once again, people, there's this assumption out there that you can't have content on your collection pages because when people go to a collection page, all they want to see is the products. Who's got proof of that? I put this challenge out there to the world. Prove it. Prove that having content on your collection page is bad for your conversion rate. It's not. When somebody is, if somebody is on your site and they're looking through your collections, right, they're not at the bottom of the funnel. They're not ready to buy right now. If they were ready to buy and they knew exactly what product they wanted to buy, they would be on your product pages. They would be using your search bar. They would not be trawling through your collections to find it, right? People who know they want a soccer goal, right? But they don't know which one they want to buy. They're in the middle of the funnel or maybe they're in the top of the funnel. So at that point, they still have unanswered questions. They're still looking to learn and there are still ways that you can help them with helpful content on a page that is actually going to boost the chances of you making a sale. So if you want to rank a page, this, this page as it is like this would be considered thin content by search engines because it contains no content, right? As a series of product names like this and links is not content. So your collection pages, if you want to rank them and not necessarily all the time are you trying to do so, but you need to have some content on the page. Whether you put it in the top here, whether you put it down the bottom, so you alter the code a little bit, you can put it down the bottom. You have a paragraph up here, then a read more drop down, which drops down a bit more. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect SEO either way. You can do all of those things. Um, from the customer's perspective, you should be thinking about with the content that you put in your collection pages, you should be thinking about what is going to help people find the right product for them in this collection of products. That's what people want to know when they're in the middle or the top of the funnel is, ah, oh, I need to get some soccer goals. Which one's the right one, right? Like, I mean, yes, this is not a big collection, but let's say Joe had 50 products in here. They're soccer goals. They're all going to look more or less the same, right? Uh, two sticks, a net in the back, a thing along the top. Yeah, some are portable, some are more fixed, these more fixed metal ones. But like from the customer's perspective, how do they know which one's the best? How do they know which one's going to meet their needs most? Now, maybe they're shopping on price and that's a pretty easy question to answer, but a lot of customers are not shopping on price. So think about, that's what you have to think about. How can I help the customer navigate through your um, your products in that particular collection, right? Um, what, what do they need to think about? Do you have, can you make some suggestions as to what's the best thing for them? Um, and that's that's really one of you, where you want to be aiming for. So Joe, Joe's still building out this site, as I said, but over time, you're going to want to build out these collection pages further so that they um, suit a bit better for SEO. Now I'm going to jump into one of these products here. Um, and I actually did, I just want to make sure I jump into the right one because I actually did this. Okay, I jumped into that one. All right, so product page time. The all important, in the beginning, if you've got a newer high ticket dropshipping business, this is 100% the most important page on your site, right? Because if you're sending Google shopping traffic in first, which is always our first suggested traffic source, that sends people directly to product pages. So somebody lands on your site, you got 10 seconds, 
This is how long people's attention span is online. It might even be less now, maybe seven seconds. So you're going to grab them. This is the page they're going to see. So if this page is no good, you can forget about your homepage or your collection pages or any other page on your site because they're just going to bounce off again. Now, Google Shopping traffic does tend to bounce off again because they just came to look at that one page. But this is, I mean, if you're going to spend time optimizing your website, these are the pages you want to focus on first. And Joe's got some good stuff happening here um, and, and some things to think about. So, you know, once again, the Superstore theme out of the box does a pretty good job of, you know, putting all things like the buttons and the price and the title, um, <clears throat> all of that stuff in right? It, it does a pretty good job of doing that for you, which is good. Now, there's a, there's, there is, however, a, a few things. And Joe's done a couple of things here, which I like. Um, so up here, this is all fine. Um, you know, you've got the, the, the shop pay, the add to cart, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to comment too much on colors or anything like that. Once again, the, the benefits here are very minimal and much less than some people think. But some things that I like first, um, Joe's added in this stuff here on the screen. So once again, this is a direct mirror of what was on the homepage, remember? So the USP. So above the fold on desktop and not far below the fold on mobile, um, we have an explanation of the why. So remember I talked to you about um, the customer's got to see two things. They've got to be convinced that it's the right product and they've got to be convinced that you're the right person to buy it from. So they need to get that second message on the product page still. Even though the product page is mostly about the product and convincing somebody, persuading somebody that it's the right product for them, they still need to see this bit about your business. They still need to be getting that message because this is the page where they decide whether they're going to purchase or not. This is the page with the add to cart button. So they need to be certain about this stuff. You want to explain to people on your product page like as succinctly as possible and in a way that demonstrates the benefit of your USP to them or each part of your USP to them as succinctly as possible. Now, Joe's done it here with text. Text can be okay. Uh, there are different ways you can do this, right? You can you can have uh, like little icon image representations of it. Um, you've got to code this into your site, right? Um, so there's, there's no way to add it just in the default Shopify theme editor. So you could get a developer to help you do this. You could get a little graphic designer to design up some little images to, with some text to go with it that you can get a developer to insert in, for example. There are a number of different ways you can do this. So um, you could put it up here above the price. You could put it below here. You could put it in both places. Honestly, you could put it in different formats. So you could have an image-based uh, representation of it as well as a text-based representation of it that appears somewhere else on the page. But you definitely want to have something that is easy clean to understand above like up here with the decision making part of the page right so once again it's a conversion rate optimization thing so that's important so joe's got it here you know my feedback previously about the, uh, using that text to better demonstrate the benefit of the product would i would you know push across here as well um but uh that's that's a good start um on that stuff now a couple of seo things here um, once again, we've just added, so Joe probably hasn't had a chance to do this yet. We just added a new module into the Dropship Breakthrough program, which is all about how to imp take this theme to the next level SEO-wise, as well as any other Shopify theme it could be applied to as well. So there's a few things that are problematic um, <clears throat> with uh, with things like 
the URLs on the page um, and how they're served um, with things like the that we change, things like the breadcrumbs. I'm not going to go into this. This is technical SEO. I'm not going to go into the details of the hows and the whys, but there's seven or eight things that we do to this theme to make it even better than the theme developer. It's already a good theme for SEO. We make it even better in Dropship Breakthrough. We've just added in the how to do all of that, including all the code and everything you need to do it, uh, as well as on-screen walkthroughs of doing it into the program. So uh, once again, it's not something I'm ever going to show publicly um, other than to say that it's there. And if you want to get it, you should join Dropship Breakthrough. Uh, so that's... Little SEO things. Another little SEO thing I picked up, and I'm jumping, going to jump around a little bit ahead here, is Joe's got a video on the page, on the product page. Quite a common thing to do, right? A lot of suppliers will have videos of their products in use or how they work or something like that. And if you can include them, that's fantastic. Uh, it's a good way um, to demonstrate to the customer how the product works, right? It's good for conversion rate, et cetera, et cetera. If you've got videos or maybe you've got customer video reviews or whatever it is. So obviously this is hosted on YouTube. It's a YouTube video. Now that's great, but it is a problem because Joe's got this put in with the standard uh, YouTube embed that Shopify offers. And the problem with that is, is that it loads the video as soon as the page loads. Even if, even if the customer's up here and that video is all the way down the bottom of the page, it still loads the video ready to play. And videos, as you probably know, are very large files. So this is a problem for page load speed, um, which has SEO impacts. It also can have conversion rate impacts, et cetera, et cetera. And I ran this particular page through Google's PageSpeed Insights, uh, which is a page page speed testing tool uh, a little earlier um, before we jumped on the call. So ignore this performance. This is blah, blah. It's not actually that bad. Uh, none of this is that bad. But what we do see, uh, page speed insights offer you, offers you some insight into what may or may not be slowing your page down. So the first warning we get here, opportunity, reduce unused JavaScript. Drop this down. First thing, YouTube video. YouTube video. That's the video on the page massive compared to anything else in this list. These other things down here, you, you actually can't change. That's just part of Shopify. This though is massive in size compared to the next biggest thing, right? That's just from the YouTube video. If I go down and look at uh, another element here, reduce the impact of third-party code. What's the first thing? YouTube video, massive transfer size compared to the next largest thing, which is non inconsequential wouldn't have any effect whatsoever on page load times so um you know uh some third-party resources can be lazy loaded with a facade youtube video being the only thing that is being pulled up here and once again large file size um so it actually probably comes up here in a couple of other things down here but youtube videos if you just got them loaded in standard are a problem so it's okay to have a YouTube video, but you need to add it to your site in a way that it either lazy loads. What that means is, is that it doesn't load when the page loads. It only loads when somebody scrolls down to here. That's lazy loading when it, when it scrolls into view, right? So if somebody doesn't look down there, it never loads, right? Um, so that's one way. The other way to do it is to have a facade on it, which once again, will just display a static image over it of the video, uh, but the video doesn't actually load until somebody clicks to play. Um, so that, that's two ways you can do it. Once again, 
Dropship Breakthrough course, we give you the code on how to lazy load YouTube videos or Vimeo or any other uh, any other video embed that you might use, Wistia. There's there's a bunch of others. Uh, we give you the code on how to do it. You just add a piece of code to your to your site, um, and then it will lazy load the videos for you. So that's something that Joe's got to do um, for any of his product pages that have a video in them. Um, and once again, if you want to get the action on, there are apps as well out there that can help you do that. Whenever you load a video, um, the best way to do it though is 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 with code because it's kind of then just becomes part of your theme. You don't need a third-party app, which may run its own code and all that sort of thing. So that's something to take into account. Uh, moving down, looking at the description, I think Joe's probably still at the point of working through his descriptions. And there's a lot of work here, right? So in an ideal world, we're going to have nicely written, uh, reasonably lengthy product descriptions that are you know, copywritten, um, aimed at selling the product to the customer. Now, when you first load up your products from suppliers and all that sort of thing, you know, what you get from suppliers sometimes can be pretty sketchy, as in not very high quality, not very good, sometimes non-existent. Maybe sometimes all you get is the specifications from the supplier. Um, and so you've got to, you know, you've got to add in um, the, the, the real description yourself. You've got to write it from scratch. So th there's a bit of work there, particularly, I mean, if we look across Joe's site, he's going to have a lot of products right on here. I don't know how many products are on here in total, but there's, there's probably at least hundreds, right? So there's a lot of work here to come in and rewrite the description on all of the products. Um, now, of course, there's ways that you can speed up that process. You can absolutely use AI tools to help you write copy for products, um, whether it's chat GPT or copy.ai or Jasper or any of the, I mean, chat GPT is, is actually a new one. Uh, they, we've been using these tools for years to write product descriptions. Um, they're good to get the ball rolling. You still have to like check them and improve them yourself, I think is important to note, but you want to get, you know, like a, some, some stuff in here that is once again, I'm not going to deep dive product copywriting here. We, we can maybe do that on another training session. But um, you need to have, you know, probably before you get to the features, uh, like 300 words of copy that, that takes people through the emotional response they need to go through in order to be ready to buy the product and then backs that emotional response up with logic. So whenever we buy something, people buy something for emotional reasons that they then support with logic, right? So... When you find yourself considering buying a product um, and you're like going through the specifications and you're like, oh, yeah, that's the right specifications. I can buy it now. Your brain actually already made the decision to buy it. You having that thought process about the logic is actually your brain's way of justifying itself, but it's already made the decision one way or the other. This is a psychology thing, right? So that... And it's, it's an emotional response. So you want to use your copy, the first bit of your copy, to paint the picture of the product, what's great about it, what its primary benefit is, the big thing that it does that it solves, and paints a picture in the person's mind of using that product because that is what triggers the emotional response. And then you can lead into what are the logical reasons why it's good to buy, what are the features, what are you know, what are the specifications, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, like I say, that's something you could do a big deep dive on. But um, to talk about a couple of just a quick little points here, um, you know, whenever you have a list of features, you don't just want to list the features if you can. 
So once again, in the beginning, it's okay. In the beginning, this is fine. But at some point, you're going to rewrite these and you should focus on your best sellers, then the products you want to sell the most. Some products are never going to even get looked at or sold, right? So you don't, you don't need to do this for all of them. But whenever you write a feature, don't just state the feature. Follow that sentence up with the benefit and then what that might look like in real life. So for example, I don't, I don't know what, I'm not going to comment on the first one because I don't know that. But goals are constructed from marine-grained aluminium, which is treated and then powder-coated in white. Okay, that's the feature. But why is that a good thing? So once again, remembering back to what I said about you can't leave it up to your customer to know or work out why your features are actually good for them. Don't rely on them understanding it or being an expert on the product. They're not here to be an expert on the product. You're the expert on the product, right? So you've got to tell people why this is a good thing. So goals are constructed from marine grade aluminium, which is treated and then powder coated in white, which means they will last for 10 years in the weather and you'll never have to buy another set of goalposts again. That's how the sentence should go. So he's got it a bit better here. Goals come complete with UV resistant nets and treated net clips to aid in ensuring they hold up well in all weather. Probably be a little bit more specific about that. Um, so you've got that they hold up well in all weather, but why do you want them to hold up well in all weather? What's the actual outcome of that? That's why the cus customers buy products for outcomes. They don't buy them for features. The features are what leads to the outcome. But ultimately, whenever you're selling somebody to something, whenever you're selling something to somebody, um, you have to convince, you have to paint the picture of the outcome because that's why somebody is buying the product. You know, somebody isn't actually buying this product because it's really got a really solid construction. They're buying this product so that, you know, for it could be a number of outcomes. One, so that kids can kick soccer balls into it. And two, so that they look nice. And three, they last a long time. They don't have to replace them very soon or very often, et cetera, et cetera. That's why they're buying the product, right? So you've got to paint that picture and explain those and make sure you hit those things in your product copy because that's what's actually going to persuade somebody that they should buy this product for $2,800 potentially versus a much cheaper product that might look similar but isn't as good. So um, that's really where you need to take um, those product descriptions or just some thoughts. Like I say, we could deep dive that in a lot more detail, but that's um, that's that. Now, free shipping. Um, so once again, th this might be a little bit different. These are big products, right? So you're not always going to do free shipping on these. And in a country like Australia where you've got a more uh, dispersed population, usually you can't. You're going to charge for shipping. Now, I think whenever you're talking about your shipping, your returns, et cetera, you need to try and simplify it as much as possible. So, Joe, just a bit of feedback here on this. Uh, I would like it much better. So you've got free shipping on selected products. We also aim to ship products as quickly as possible. Don't talk about what you aim to do. Talk about what you do do. If aiming to do something or saying we'll try is not a benefit for a customer. You either talk about doing it or you don't do it. Don't talk about it. Um, I would prefer rather than saying free shipping on selected products and then leaving it up to your customers to work out which products have free shipping or even worse, they have to call you to work that out or they have to email you or something 
or they're only going to find out that a product doesn't have free shipping at checkout. Those are all massive barriers to conversion, right? People don't want to go through that. And if one of your competitors makes it easier to work that stuff out, then you, you've, got a, you've got a conversion problem. So for this, what I would prefer you to see, prefer to see is um, <clears throat> that you have some way, and once again, you can develop this with coding, meta fields. Um, there's, a, there's a range of different ways of doing this in Shopify. But on products that have free shipping, you have somewhere on the page here, this product is eligible for free shipping. For products that do not have free shipping, it's clear on the page that this product is not eligible for free shipping or this product has a flat shipping rate of X or blah or something like that. And you could talk about that being the cheapest shipping in your market if you want to compete on the cost of shipping. That could be your selling point. But you don't want to leave things up for the customer to try and work it out for themselves whether on this $2,800 product, and I live somewhere a bit, that's not a metro, am I going to have to pay $400 in shipping extra? So it's really a $3,200 product for me. Or maybe you can ship it to a depot for free and they can pick it up. You know, I mean, there's there's different options, right? But I think this is one, uh, your shipping is something you could offer a lot more clarity around with a little bit of work. Um, and that is definitely something that is very much worth your while to do. All right, how was that? Pretty fun, hey? Uh, website teardown. So if you've been watching along uh, and you're thinking, I'd love to start a business like Joe's Business Sports Savvy, or if you're already trying to get a business up and running, you're trying to grow it, and you'd like to get that sort of feedback uh, from myself, from Ben, you know, from people in our program, we're giving people this sort of support every week of the year in dropship breakthroughs. So if you'd love to really get serious about high ticket dropshipping, about growing a real valuable business, head over, join dropship breakthrough today at dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash join. Link is in the show notes as always and get started because we're helping people build these businesses every single day of the week and we're ready to help you.